Okay. Well, I uh, heard a story. I'll share this with you first. I heard a story about uh, four fathers, and they were in the waiting room. Their wives were having their uh, first babies. And so the nurse comes in to the first father and says, congratulations, you have twins. And the father says, uh, interesting, I work for the Minnesota Twins. So the nurse came back in later and said to the second father, uh, congratulations, you have triplets. He said, interesting, I work for the 3M company. And so the nurse came back in and uh, said to the third father, congratulations, you have quadruplets. He said, interesting. I work for the Four Seasons Inn. Now, in the corner was the fourth father. He was moaning and groaning and hitting his head against the wall, and the nurse said, what's wrong with him? He works for Seven Up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it's good to be with you. My name is Alan Gallant, and my wife and I founded the ministry of Agora Network Ministries a number of years ago. Um, the ministry formed, uh, was founded based on a crisis, my crisis, which affected my whole life and my wife's life. Um, so I stand before you today a stroke survivor. Uh, back in 2017, I had a major stroke. You never would know that by looking at me because God was gracious to me. He restored my body. I was... Um, I was in, um, I, I, the doctor said if I didn't get the help I needed in, within the hour, probably I would have died. And so um, God has been good to me. He blessed me with, uh, uh, with recovery f- from the stroke. But the thing that happened to me, uh, the only paralysis that happened was I couldn't speak, which is not un- nor, uh, unusual for people that have a stroke. But um, where my stroke happened was right in my speech area. And so it would took me a long time to even know how to form a word and a sentence. And I'm still learning to talk. So when you hear my voice today, maybe it sounds a little uh, robotic. Uh, maybe it sounds slurry. I haven't been drinking anything this morning other than coffee, um, but uh, if I sound like I'm not uh, speaking well, it's what's, what's happened, I have aphasia. So from here to here, it sounds a little different. Many people f- think I'm, I'm, I'm from Quebec. They say, you sound French, and I, I wish, um, my last name is Gallant, and it is French, but I don't speak a lick of French. And I remember just shortly af- after the stroke, when I was learning to speak, my wife and I went to a restaurant. Is this for me? Oh, uh, it's great. <laughs> Can I sign a waiver or something? Um, so uh, we were in this restaurant, and I, my wife said to me, you're going to order our meal. And I said, I could say no. I said, no. And she said, yes, you are. I said, no. Yes, you are. You know, guys, you know, you go back and forth with your wife. And she, my wife has this look. And when she looks at me a certain way, I know I better listen. 
And she said, yes, you are, with the look. And I said, okay. So the, nurse, uh, the, the uh, server came over and, and said, what do you want? I, I told her in my broken English as best as I could. And she stopped and she began to speak. Here, you can take his. <laughs> I don't want to mix it up. I don't have any groggy, gro- oh, look at that, he's, oh. Uh, she began to speak French back to me. And I said, oh, don't speak French. And then she said, what nationality are you? And I said, I said lady, I had a stroke. And she didn't speak the rest of the meal to me. She just went away. So many people think I have this accent, but just <coughs> part of the paralysis from the stroke. But I do stand before to to you today with a mental illness. I've been diagnosed with an illness of a clinical depression. I struggled all my life with depression and anxiety and fear and worry. Even as a pastor, I pastored for 33 years. But I was good at hiding my symptoms. I was good at hiding uh, what was going on inside of me. Uh, no one knew that I was... Uh, Uh, depressed. No one knew that I was filled with anxiety. God knew. My wife knew a little bit, but no one knew because I hid it. I hid it because of the stigma that's attached to mental illness. You know that in Canada today, one in five people have a mental illness. Now that's, um, um, it's not mental health uh, struggles. It's mental illness. They have been diagnosed with an illness. 42% of those that go back to their churches and say to the leaders, we have been diagnosed, the church doesn't believe them. Because many people believe that mental health struggles or mental health illnesses are, not, are, 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 are just spiritual problems. So all you have to do is pray more, read your Bible more, and trust God more, and you'll be okay. That was said to me. I went to a biblical counselor, and the counselor was very good, and he was very right in what he said, but he didn't understand the clinical side of what was going on inside my brain. And he said to me, read your Bible, trust God, Pray more. He had the mores, which is right. We need to pray. We need to read our Bibles. We need to trust God. But he said, here's some verses. Commit them to memory, and you'll be okay. I left there worse than I went in because he didn't understand that I was suffering from a clinical depression. He didn't understand the, the brain that was in my head that was in need of therapy and help. I went to the psychiatric hospital for many weeks because I needed help. And praise God, through the Word of God, through people that prayed for me, people that supported me, I was able to get better. 
I have in my pocket here, I didn't take them this morning, don't tell my wife because sometimes I don't like to take them just because I get so tired of them sometimes, but I have to be on medication for my depression and for my anxieties. And I took them and put them in my pocket today, so I'll take them later. So one of them is called a happy pill. It helps me function towards the day. Now, I say all of that to help you understand that, you know, recovering or healing from mental illness is just not one prescription. Sometimes you need multiple things to help you as you start to walk towards hope and healing. In Psalm 42, you don't have to go there. I'm going to take you to some more verses in just a minute. But in Psalm 42, you have King David, and he's running for his life. Um, Saul wants to kill him, and he's hiding in a cave. And we have this wonderful psalm, um, as the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for you, O God. And he talks about coming into the temple again with the people of God and shouting and, and uh, praising God and leading the people into the temple. But he can't do that because he has a death wish or he has a, a death sentence and Saul wants to kill him. So he's hiding. He's isolated. And then he says this to God. Why, oh God, am I so disquieted within me why so downcast why do I feel so downcast sometimes we don't have a mental illness and I'm not saying that David did but he struggled with his mental health due to circumstances in his life and some of us today are struggling with our, our circumstances uh, our mental health because of our circumstances. How many here today have a body? <laughs> if you don't raise your hand, I'm going to come down and I'm going to raise your hand for you because we all have the body. You have a body, little man? Yeah. Now, I, ha- I have another question for you. Uh, do you have a soul? Do you know what a soul is? So the third question is, do you have a spirit? I believe the scriptures are very plain in helping us understand that God has made us in, with three entities, body, soul, and spirit. The Bible talks about the body. These little power pack, look at mine. You know, I... I, have, I used to have a six-pack, and now I have a keg right here, you know. Um, but we have these bodies, and uh, they are, if you're a believer in Jesus, guess what? It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God dwells. Matter of fact, God dwells in your body. I think that's pretty awesome. We are partakers of the nature of God in our bodies. But we all have a spirit. And the spirit is that which connects with God's spirit. 
which identifies us as children of God. My spirit bears witness, witness with his spirit that I am what? A child of God. So we have a, this body and we have the spirit. Once it was dead, now it's alive in Jesus and we have this relationship by spirit. But every one of us here has a soul. And the soul is the, the real you. The soul is the place where you think. It's the place where you feel emotions. It's the place where you respond and react, make decisions, good or bad. The real you. And God is the only one who knows the real you. Sometimes we don't know the real us. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 16, please. And I want to show you a passage that I knew for a long time. And I always thought it was talking about my salvation. Now, if you don't agree with me on this theological point, it's okay. You can be wrong. But in Matthew 16, some of you won't laugh no matter how hard I try. So I'm not going to try to make you laugh. And I'm not trying to make you laugh, but uh, it's okay to uh, laugh a little bit. And is, it, is this a Baptist church? Is it? No? It is? Ah, that's why you don't laugh. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Matthew 16, look at verse 24. Great thoughts from Jesus. And then he says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, What a statement, what a heavy statement. If anyone would come after him, he, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. Now this is the verse, verse 26. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeit his, his soul? The word soul there is not spirit. The word soul there doesn't mean the spirit that connects with God in relationship. The word soul there has the idea of your inner life, your life, your mind, your soul, where you think, where you feel, where you make decisions. And, and, and Jesus is saying here to his disciples, and he says to us, by his spirit, you can go through life even as a believer in Jesus and forfeit or lose your soul, lose your inner world, be unhealthy to the point where you fake it. You go through life miserable. You go through life with a lot of 
turmoil. You go through life with a lot of secrets. You go through life with a lot of baggage. Jesus said, I came to give you life, give you life more abundant. The abundant life looks like this, doesn't it? Because the life we live is always up and down. I wish it was just up. I don't want to move. I wish it was just rosy all the time. I wish it was so good that I never felt uh, uh, bad about anything. But the fact is, life is like this. And I believe the abundant life in Jesus does look like this, but the, but the, the, the common or, or the thread that goes through the ups and downs that never changes is who? Jesus. He says, I'm the same today, yesterday, today, and what's the word? Forever. My life was so in bad shape that I also wanted to take my life. Because I thought, if this is my new normal, if I am depressed and filled with anxiety and I, get, I, I, and I can't get any relief, then I'm no good to me, my wife, my family. And I began to think about ways in which I could take my life which is not uncommon for people that struggle with mental illness. You know that in Canada today, uh, 12 people die by suicide every day in Canada. It's around almost 4,500 people in Canada every year. By the way, last year it was 11 people. Now this year they started with 12 people. You may think, well, that's not many. But, yeah, yes. But of those 4,500 people that take their lives every year, 9 out of 10 of them have a mental health diagnosis or struggle. So is, is suicide uh, uh, something to be aware of? Yes. Between the ages of 13 and 18, guess what? Many young people are taking their lives because they have no hope. They find no hope in life. They haven't forfeited their soul, but they don't know how to live in the world that we're living in. That's why I love the verse that says, the gospel is the power of God unto what? Salvation. The gospel transforms us and changes us and we're saved. And one of the <clears throat> things I want you to be aware of, yes, mental health is a problem in our world today. And many people are struggling with mental illness. But the gospel changes us, transforms me. The Spirit of God empowers me to do what? To walk and live in this world. And many young people, maybe just like the young people here, have no idea or don't know the power of the gospel to help them change 
even their minds. You see, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 talks about renewing what? Our minds. I want to go there for just a quick second. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Are you still with me? Okay. It says in verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy to offer your, what's the word? What is it? Bodies. As living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. And then he's, Paul goes on and says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. We know what conform means. It means to try to put yourself in, in the shape of that which you want to go into. That's why Psalm 1 says, uh, blessed is the man that does what? Does not stand, does not sit, is not in the way of what? Sinners, wicked, unrighteous. So he says, Paul says, do not conform any longer. Don't try to squeeze yourself into a pattern that's not made for you. But, I like the buts of the Bible, don't you? But is a comparison word. So Paul says, don't be conformed to the patterns, but this is what you should do. He says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed, be changed. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Watch me. I want to show you something. Well, how many, I have to ask this question too. How many have a brain? We all do. How many have a mind? You all do. Your brain that is in your skull doesn't make the call. But your mind does. Your mind is that which, you know, the word mental has, it means what? It it means thoughts, mind, mental, mind, thinking. So your mind is right here. You can use the word ego as well. But your mind is right here. And As your mind goes, as your mind is either healthy or not in your thinking, that's why Paul says, renew your mind. Renew it, renew it, renew it. If your mind is not healthy or healthy, you see, it's the portal to where to your soul. As your mind goes, goes your soul. As your thoughts go, determines what your soul is going to be like. So the question I have to ask you, what do you think about? 
Many people struggle with mental health issues, not illness, because their minds are filled with things that they haven't dealt with, or the minds are filled with things that are unhealthy. That's why Philippians 4 verse 8 says, think on these things. What things? Things that are noble, right, just, right? So how's your mind? Ow. Can I even go as far uh, you know, I'm your guest speaker today. I blow in, blow up, blow out. So, pastor has to stay here. So, he might not be able to say these things. Now, I want to be invited back, so I'll be careful. There's a song I learned in Sunday school when I was a little boy. And it goes this way. I don't sing very well in the morning because of my speech, but it says... Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you sing it with me. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down to love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. Now, I'll finish it. Oh, be careful, little hands, feet. Mouth, what you feel, what you walk, what you say. You see, you are a composite of many influences in your life. And sadly, some of you here today have influence in, in your life that was very bad. My upbringing wasn't the best. And I have a lot of trauma from my upbringing. And I'm dealing with that. But if I never deal with the trauma that's in my thoughts, it's going to affect how I live up in my soul. It's going to affect my emotions. It's going to affect my behaviors. I want you to go to Third John. And I'm going to wrap up with this. <clears throat> Look at the verse, verse 1. Third John here is older man. And uh, he's talking uh, to his friend Gaius. And it says, <clears throat> the elder, he refers to himself as the elder. <coughs> to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. <coughs> dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health. Isn't that good? I pray that you and you and you and you will have good health. And he goes on, and that all may go well with you. What a prayer. I'm praying to God the Father that you will have good health as you live in this world and that you, everything that about you, everything you do will go well. What a prayer. 
But now he qualifies. Look at the word even. Even as your soul is getting along well. He says, Gaius, I have watched you. I have followed you. I love you in the truth. I love you outside the truth. You're a great friend. And I'm praying for you almost every day. No, I'm adding. But I'm praying for you. And I pray that you'll enjoy good health. And I pray that everything about you will go well. Even as your soul is so healthy, Gaius, Gaius, that your the life and your health will be just as healthy as your soul. You see, people, many of us don't struggle with, or many of you don't struggle with a mental illness, but you struggle. That's normal. By the way, when struggle comes into your life, when hardship comes into your life, don't run away from it. Embrace it because God has given you an opportunity to serve him in some way. I like that. You see, after the stroke and after my mental health declined and I was able to get better, my wife and I began to pray and say, God, what's next? And God began to show us that many dear believers in Christ are struggling inside the church. You see, when I went for help, and I'm not being critical of this counselor that told me to pray more because he was right, but I couldn't. But many, many people in the church don't share or don't know how to be helped. So they pray more. And they read their Bible more. And they try with all their hearts to trust God more. But nothing happens. So what I'm saying, what Agora is saying, that there's a ministry that wants to help you grow in Christ. But there's a ministry that we... Um, share with you today that wants to help you um, be healthy. That all will go well. That your soul isn't in a good place. But it starts with your mind. So we have, we have developed ways to support and resource the church. And we're excited over the next number of months in 2024 to be here every month. My wife and I are here on February 23rd, and we're going to share more of how my wife is my hero. She's been my caregiver for the last five, six years. And she likes to be with me on these services because when I... Forget a word. Uh, I don't know how to say a word. She's down there going, helping me, right? But she's my caregiver, even still. When I am not doing well on a day, she knows to what to do. And so we're going to be talking about caregiving 
and self-care as we share a little more. And I would love to have all of you come on that, that night. Downstairs, when we have soup and sandwiches and lobsters and steaks, I was promised lobster. No, it wasn't. Uh, no. But you, we have some more information. But if you have this Connect card, this is not to sell anything. We're not selling anything today. I just want you, I want you to be aware. If you want to learn more about Agora Network Ministries, fill out this card. Give it to Eric. He'll be at the table downstairs. Uh, I'll be eating. He'll be standing. Uh, that's what student interns do, right? But fill this, this out, and we'll make sure that you get our, our newsletter for every month. If you want to learn about our courses, learn about our resources, go on our website. We have these little cards. How many have a smartphone? How many have a dumb phone? Okay. If you have a smartphone, you can scan the QR codes. Uh, if you need support, you need prayer, we have a support line. The number is downstairs. We just take one of these little cards. If you need someone to pray with you, talk to you, give you some uh, resources, please do that. Um, on our table, we have 10 ways to stay fine. How many had breakfast this morning? How many didn't? Be honest. Okay. For you had, who, who had breakfast, did you have just coffee? Or did you have something good to eat? I had oatmeal and raisins and a banana for breakfast. It was all in a, in a cookie. It was great. <laughs> and my coffee coming up. But one of the ways, just practice it, eat properly. And for you who are leaders in ministry here, we have a coping skills for ministry leaders, a free, yes, I said free. Whole, how many like free? Ah, free workshop, two hours. Next uh, February 19th, uh, one of our uh, 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 psychotherapists will share with you some strategies uh, about depression, anxiety, and burnout. Two hours. Free online, go to our website. We have those uh, papers downstairs. Take one if you're a even if you're not a ministry leader, just come on. It's free. Did I say it was free? It's free. And uh, when we're here on each month, my wife and I wrote this book, The Beautiful Strokes of God, which tells you our story, but also how the church needs to respond to mental illness and mental health struggles and a workbook that goes with it. So we'll have those with us. Hey, thank you so much. It's been a delight to be with you and get to know you. I hope that we can build a, a great relationship over the next little while. And uh, God bless you. And remember this, Jesus Christ is the greatest healer of your soul. Because when I was at my best, I thought my body was gonna be racked with paralysis. I said to God, if you don't restore my body, you see, he gave me a second chance. Please restore my soul. And he began to restore it. So God bless you as you continue to follow him and have him um, renew your mind and restore your souls. Thank you.